Well, hey there, Heike Yeats here, and welcome to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I am so excited that you're here with me and you're joining me for today's episode. Have you thought about retirement yet? I have a little bit when my financial advisor had a virtual conference with me the other day. I looked over the numbers financially and where my husband and I might be as we retire and when we could retire. And he said, oh, officially I could retire when I'm 64. And that is five years away from now where I have no desire to retire and stop what I'm doing, pursuing the spark of women over 50. But I had a little bit of a reality check when I talked to our guest today. And we are discussing the art of becoming visible in retirement because it's not always just about the money that's in your bank account. So I'll see you there. Hi there, you're listening to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I'm your host and fitness warrior, Heike Yates. And on this show, we empower women over 50 to take back their health and strength with sound fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies. Our guests on the show share their honest stories so that you'll have the courage to take action, knowing that you're not alone in your struggles. Today's guest is Sharon Rolf. She's a professional retirement coach who has worked 44 years in the corporate world. She has a master's degree in behavioral science and her love is to bring out the best in people. Sharon is the host of Fresh Courage Radio on Transformational Radio and the Effortless Vitality Podcast. Thanks for coming on to the show, Sharon. Well, thank you for having me, Heike. I was had the privilege of interviewing you um, a few weeks back, and so uh, we get to join again in um, now your podcast. So uh, it's a delight to be here. Thank you for coming on the show. Now, you live across the country in Seattle, right? Yes, it's been glorious here all week. Spring is definitely in the air. Um, tulips are in bloom or, uh, around the area and daffodils are kind of fading, but it's been a delightful week with uh, our weather. Yeah. Oh, now, which brings me to my question for you that you love to quilt and I want to know more about your love about quilting. Where does this come from? When did that start? Well, it's kind of a, kind of a strange beginning, but my mom years ago, I don't know when I was teenager or something she she had these uh stamped blocks you know how you used to stamp uh towels for your kitchen and embroider them well she had a whole set of um birds and flowers of the states and that was before there was a hawaii and a uh, alaska state in fact and i when she passed away i decided that i wanted to make the quilt in honor of her and that kind of turned into uh, me getting, I wasn't that much into embroidery, so I, I've kind of figured out a different way to do that. But um, I've always loved sewing. I remember one of the peak experiences I had as a teenager was forgetting to eat because I was sewing. 
you know, sewing clothes for school. So, um, and then over the years, I figured out that I loved color and putting pretty colors together in a quilt was just um, the a culmination of sewing and color and, and creating something pretty. Oh, interesting, because you have your Etsy store, Quilted Petunia, which we'll mention later as a link for the sh in the show notes, where you're selling your quilts. Yeah, I've, I've only also loved words of wisdom. So I've been putting words of wisdom on little blocks that are just postcard size. And since uh, in the days when we worked in cubicles, I figured cubicles need art too, and <laughs> especially words of wisdom. So like one of my favorite is cherish forever what makes you unique. And that kind of goes along with pursue your spark, doesn't it, Heike? Yes, it sure does, Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> As so, we do video, we would show you guys the beautiful quilts that Sharon was just showing. Yeah. Started recording. Yeah. So just have to go to our Etsy store and check it out. Check it out. Yeah. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, and a little bit about your background to where you became a professional retirement coach. Well, um, I grew up on a farm uh, where I milked cows and stacked hay and gathered eggs. And um, I was in the middle of five, but I was the only one in my family that went to college. So I had always loved learning. And uh, college kind of took me into the Seattle area. And then I pursued um, kind of, you know, the saying inch by inch, anything's a cinch. <clears throat> well, I applied that to college and going to night school weekends, but to eventually get a master's degree was pretty a and I then I also took um let's see, uh Toastmasters <clears throat> and got a competence um allocation what title I guess there. But um uh in my last job at Boeing, I was empowering people to take problem solving to the lowest level. And um, Boeing was still then, at least the people I was working with, didn't want to be empowered. But now in retirement, I'm still trying to empower people to live their dream and to um, pursue what makes them happy. And I, I think, you know, life gets so monotonous at times. I, I think we let our dreams get dust on them and we forget where we left them. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is true. So when you went through all these steps in your career, let me backtrack just a little bit. How come that you were the only one that went to college? Well, I, I think mainly it's because I love to learn. Um, you know, people might be satisfied with just, you know, delivering mail or driving a truck or, you know, manual labor, but um, I wanted to use, you know, my brain and um, use what my, uh, where my passions were. I, I got my, see, my undergraduate was in administration, so I used that quite a bit in my office jobs. But I've always, uh, I, I got hooked onto neuroscience and how actually studying how our brain works. And boy, that's been an exciting trip ever since. And that's just kind of been in the last five or six years. Oh, very interesting. 
That was a quick turn from Boeing, working at Boeing. How long were you at Boeing? I was just there eight years. I had put in um, 19 years at GTE um, in Everett, Washington. I, I put in 18 of those years. And then in Tampa, Florida, I put in um, a year there too. Mm -hmm. So you... So you made a switch from there after those 18 years, and you, as you called it, you made a switch midstream. What, what triggered that stream or that, that change? Well, you, you mean moving to Tampa? Yeah. Yeah, I had had a sense, Heike, for uh, two or three years that I would be leaving the area here. Now, it is super pretty here, um, but, you know, when there's – kind of a calling in your heart, um, it, it just opens you up to new things. And I, I realized once I did move how, how much strength it took um, character-wise to leave everything that's known to go to what is unknown. But uh, I had started looking around and I, what would I miss here? What would I miss? Let's see. What would, oh, I think I'd miss the seagulls. <laughs> and so I, I got on a ferry two, three times, and seagulls like to follow the ferries across the water. And um, I got a, a, a great shot of a seagull um, that I blew up into a poster, and, and um, that was kind of fun. <laughs> that is. Yeah, you know, I had something in midstream, too. When I was uh, 18, I decided that I wanted to leave Germany. And I asked myself that same question, what would I miss when I left. Did you? Okay. What, and, what was the answer? Uh, I would say nothing. Oh, okay. Hmm. It's, for me, it was like I would miss my family because that was the only people that I've lived with and been with, with a little bit of exception. I mean, I lived by myself for six years, but I was like, you know, what would I miss? And at 23, I finally made the leap. It took me a couple of years to actually get my goose in a row, but <laughs> I, oh, my ducks, that's what it is, the ducks. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided I wouldn't miss anything. Because, hmm. you know, with the internet, you can talk to anybody. You can Zoom now or video chat. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, because I was ready for an adventure, something new, something different. Yeah, that's, that I think is a, a, the big difference. When, when something new is calling your heart, you don't look, you don't look at the, what's behind you. You look ahead. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And it's our topic ties in really well with today. Our financial advisor zoomed with us to talk about our finances when we retire. And our topic is the art of becoming visible in retirement. And uh, since I have the expert here and <laughs> I thought this would just tied in perfect when he said, Oh, you could retire in three years. And I'm like, Oh, what would I do? Uh, what would my life be like? So Sharon, as the expert here, retirement represents a totally new challenge and obstacles. Tell us more about this from your perspective. Well, I, this um, becoming visible has been something that I have been uh, evolving, you know, like, like you uh, peel an onion. Um, it really started for me just maybe six months after I retired. But let me back up first and say, retirement, our culture doesn't exactly train us for the emotional, mental, social, 
and spiritual side of retiring. You know, all they do is focus on the financial. Well, there's all these other things that enter into the transition. Like if, Heike, you don't have a title anymore or a role or a group of people to work with, how are you going to replace those social connections in your life in retirement? That's a pretty huge question. Yeah. And, and who, whoever thinks of that? So um, there has been, I've encountered several people who um, felt like they were bouncing off the wall because their identity was gone. And without a title and a business card, they didn't know who they were and they needed someone to help them make sense of it. The um, mental side of it is, has a lot to do with, well, the social, like in this pandemic, we're, we're coming to really come to grips with the mental side of not being social. You know, it kind of lets um, depression sink in. And um, the depression often leads to uh, uh, compromised health and that mental slide downhill. And so we need each other. And even if Zoom is a nice um, way to combat that, but I think even this morning as I was getting dressed, it's like, I'm ready to hug some people. <laughs> I used to give workshops at the senior centers around my area, and I called it, what do I want to do in retirement? And um, the, one of my uh, students um, said that isolation in retirement caused him to become an alcoholic mm -hmm. and that just stabbed me in the heart because you know everybody thinks what uh, retirement is so you know do what you want travel you know it's all funny and and smiles and um i realized that i'd also heard an a little um, soundbite on TV that, yeah, suicides are also up in retirement. Nobody's talking about the emotional, mental, spiritual, and social side of retirement. And I, um, I've always, um, the other side of that that's real positive is I've always had a strong conviction that when I, you know, get to heaven and get asked, you know, what have you done? And, and I don't want to have to admit, uh, you know that towel you gave me? Yeah. I, I buried it. <laughs> I just think that is so wrong. And I don't want anybody else to um, have made a mistake like that either. So the, um, the a part of the social side is, is think, reaching out to who might need the experience and talent that you have groomed over these last 30, 40 years. When you think about retirement, let's backtrack a little bit on that. It's okay. When you're starting to, okay, you, you have retirement looming, looming, quote unquote, and you're excited. And I mean, we all only have so much money when it comes to travel and do this and then the other. What is the first thing that somebody, when you're saying, okay, I'm going to retire in five years, what would you recommend that somebody says at this point or does? Well, another side that kind of ties into the social is who, what kind of support system do you have outside of work? If you have been traveling nonstop in your job, you know, you probably or may not see that many people around where you live. If you've never had hobbies and have a reason to share your 
talents and your um, creativity with others, that's another opportunity for socially being uh, engaged and volunteering. That would be another huge way of being social with people. So um, if you've done a lot of overtime and a lot of travel, um, you may not have the support social network that other people have. And, and uh, 18% of the baby boomers don't have children. I don't have children. And they're for all that grandkids stuff that fills a lot of people's calendar isn't in mine. So um, my first question to people getting ready to retire in five years is, what can you do now that starts building or adding to your social network outside of work? That is a very good question because people are thinking, because I have two children, that I'm just waiting for being grandmommy and the babies to pop out. And, and I'm like, well, I don't because I am really busy of what I do. I love my kids to have kids if that is their choice, but also my kids live on two completely different parts of the world. And going back to my own history, my mom lives in Germany. I live in the United States, so I live in, in Maryland on the West Coast, uh, the West Coast, on the East Coast, where my son <laughs> lives on the West Coast. And my daughter now lives in Ireland. So oh my! <laughs> when you look at that pattern, none of us really had the pleasure really of the grandkids. My mom always said, oh, I wish you would live back in Germany and I had more of the kids. And I was like, you can't really count on this anymore because we're not a little village where people may move to the next village, which is an hour away. Mm -hmm. And so your advice is really good with hobbies and communities. And in, in starting this even bef way before you actually start to retire, that's a very good suggestion. Well, and I, I drove Lyft last year to pay down a couple of bills. And one of the, my passengers was an airline pilot. And he said he knew lots of uh, pilots who were scared about uh, retiring because are they ever home that long to, to actually have a community around them? And I know at Boeing, there are tons of people that work lots of overtime. Some, I've actually seen a couple beds in Boeing where people live there. Oh, wow. Yeah, sad, sad, sad. Yeah. So then you're going into retirement, okay? What, do you, what is your take on? A lot of people say, I want to keep living in my house. Others are, want to live in um, communities of, of assisted living and so forth. What is that? What do you think from your experience you would say? Well, I guess I don't have a lot of um, opinion one way or another. I uh, can just always, I, I intend to live another 30 years or more. <laughs> and yet, yet um, I don't see a need to go into assisted living. And yet I know a, um, a couple, uh, a man and a woman in assisted living here around my area where I had my workshop. And um, they said, don't wait too long to find your community. They both loved where they were and were highly engaged and involved in the community. And um, they basically were saying, you can choose the neighborhood <laughs> you move into. And um, the guy, I think, was like um, 92. 
and had been, uh, I think, an engineer. And the lady, I think she was from Maryland, um, and she did move here uh, to be closer to her kids, but still she was in a community of people that were basically her age and had her meals and so forth made, uh, handled for her. Mm -hmm. So um, the, and the, and the option nowadays to be living in adult homes is also an option where you're not actually in a big community, but you still, you've got um, a small group of uh, right across the street from me, there's a house like that. So what is it like? I haven't heard of that. Well, um, I think in this case, there's probably these people are, um, I think most of them are in wheelchairs. So they may not quite be the same. But let me tell you about one of the guests I had. She said there's, there's communities that are cooperating to buy like 30 acres and build a bunch of homes in a um, focused community where the houses are kind of facing each other. And um, you have, they want you to have a commit to having meal with your neighbors at the community hall um, once or twice a week and that you um, occasionally are contributing to making the meal and or bringing a salad or something to these community dinners. So um, that was pretty exciting because um, the lady I uh, interviewed was um, anticipating their houses being built, I think by fall of next year. And it was in the community I was born in. So I thought, man, that kind of tugs at my heart to maybe I want to go back there too. <laughs> that sounded really good just now. I'm like, I can totally see that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, the name of the program is, I mean, uh, the, the way they do this isn't coming to mind, but um, it's kind of like, it's called co-housing, I believe. And the lady I spoke to and interviewed was Shelly Parks. And um, you could find her show on my Fresh Courage podcast um, in YouTube. Yeah. Now, Sharon, you became a boomer coach and you host weekly meetups. What led to that? Well, I was just fresh out of my coaching school and I was looking for clients, you know, where, where can I find some people to, you know, to coach and um, meetup was another great solution to social uh, connections and meetups uh, on the bigger scale is finding people to do like if you're a, a love to ski or love to camp or love, love to kayak you put into meetup what interests you well i put in that boomers interested me and um here meetup suggested to me well there's like 50 boomers in your area and they just need a leader would you be willing to be a leader and i thought about it for a couple hours and i thought well why not and um what it turned out, instead of find, finding clients, about a third of my group were people new to this community. They needed new friends. And um, that's exactly what the group kind of turned into. Um, they, at, at Christmas time, when one of the ladies hosted a, a party, uh, one of the first things they did was toast to me. Except for what wasn't for me, they wouldn't know each other. 
And man, that felt pretty good. <laughs> but they, they've gone on to, they, they are still meeting, even though I've moved on. And for me, uh, I, I noticed after the first um, six or eight months that there was a really strong purpose beyond mine that was developing, and that was the need to be social and then they started having social hour i mean happy hour afterwards and uh you know having bread and wine together mm -hmm. <laughs> so um i felt pretty good that i accomplished that for them even though my purpose had had not panned out but that's okay you know that's part of being of service to others yeah, and you got to try new things and, and different venues and and see where you also fit in as a person. Yeah, and sometimes um, they say, it seems like at the library there's groups there too, and they say, well, try different groups because um, the atmosphere of a group makes a big difference as to whether you feel like you fit in. So yeah. there's there's card game um meetups there's um dancing i i know a couple ladies in our group also did walking with meetup so mm -hmm. that's a great way a meetup is a great way to meet new people like you said they're like-minded because mm -hmm. i used to belong to a salsa meetup mm. and that is at least by now 12 years ago at mm -hmm. least 12 years ago I wanted to go out dancing and didn't want to be as a single woman just going out to bars and these kind of things. So I thought, oh, I learned salsa, which I did. And then I needed places to go practice and dance with people. And th back then it was a much smaller group, which has exploded in the Washington, D.C. area to thousands of people. Wow. All they do is dance salsa. So you would know if you went to a salsa club that men wouldn't hit on you or try to pick you up or anything because your buddies were all there male and female so how fun yeah I highly recommend meetups yes 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 <laughs> but Sharon you said it is important not to bury your talents what do you mean by this and, and elaborate a little bit on that well I'm glad you asked because I have a strong hunch that your joy and happiness could be connected to your uh, talents. So um, I actually haven't been sewing for about six months, and I'm um, I got an inspiration yesterday to to get back to sewing. I I used to make teddy bears, and um, I I found a good purpose for creating a new teddy bear. But um, uh, you know, how many times have you started like? playing the saxophone when you were um, in grade school or high school, or you were the um, uh, fastest runner in your college class, um, or painting, um, music, things that, that used to at one time bring you great satisfaction and the jobs and demand of putting a roof over our head and buying our cars and all that stuff, we let go of those things that made our hearts sing. And I'm willing to uh, wager that you might need to brush those off and bring them back into life. In fact, a couple of my guests were 
giving testimony to that, they found um, uh, health issues, and to get past the health issues, they reconnected with the music that used to mean so much to them. That is awesome. Yeah. I can totally see that. You know, when I work with my clients in a in the fitness and nutrition world, you get to know somebody really well when you do a one-on-one mm-hmm. training session. Mm-hmm. And when I say, oh, you did this really well. Did you used to play tennis? And then they would tell me, oh yeah, I used to be a tennis player and I did all these things. And, and, they, and, and you can feel and see how it lights them up. Yeah. Talk about this. And I'm like, you don't have to be a champion anymore, but you still could hit the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's something about, in fact, as since I've retired, I, I've come to really appreciate being outdoors and, and tennis was, would get you outdoors. That's for sure. That's true. <laughs> doesn't have to be tennis. I mean, I'm a person who always wants to go outside. <laughs> yeah. I love to watch the, the birds and the flowers, what's, what's blooming and growing. <laughs> It's true. So what strategies would you say that you would, or goal setting strategies for retirement? Well, I, um, I, one of the first I read in retirement outside of coaching, and this was actually another coach's book, um, it's called Joy Diet. And she looks at 10 different subjects in kind of a different way, but it was what got me into uh, meditating because um, her first menu item on her diet was um, doing nothing for like 10 or 15 minutes a day. And what happened for me was bubbling up and, and basically listening to your own spirit and realizing there's wisdom inside that can guide us and you know, our busy world and our stress-filled world, words didn't give us time to listen to our spirit. So um, I, and with that is, is reminding yourself what used to bring you happiness. I got home from a trip last September and, and um, the first thing I want to do is water my, my um, petunias and geraniums. And oh, that, that brings me joy. And who would have thought that um, simple things like growing a garden would bring you joy, but it does. Yep. Yep. I never thought that I would love gardening. And uh, when I had my first house with my kids, when they were still little, we started terracing the backyard and did all ourselves Mm. and planted and, and the kids were always like, Oh mom, you and your garden. But, you know, now even is this what it's also it's like 12, 15 years later, I still garden a little bit less because, as you know, I'm a triathlete. So I have to divide my time between my garden and my training. Yeah. But I swear, digging around in the dirt makes me happy. Mm. Yeah. And there's something about saying I did it myself. Yeah, you know that that like that, that's part of the joy of sewing is that you're creating something that um, lives on after you. And I I'm hoping that this um, pandemic thing and um, being with our families more that we start sharing some of those things about um, and, and being able to say I did it myself. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people making sourdough bread in my neighborhood right now. Oh, interesting. I I read something yesterday about leaving something, put, putting half of the dough in the fridge for five days. It turns into sourdough, and I thought, boy, that's kind of different. But <laughs> I I've been trying to convert my recipes, uh, my favorite recipes, into gluten free and um, and sugar free. So that's been uh, I and I made one with uh, banana muffins and banana and um, pumpkin muffins mm. and the pumpkin one i don't think i'll do again it it seemed to not uh inspire me but the the banana one with chai it was definitely very good very good oh there you go so we're getting recipes here right off the air as well <laughs> what are three tips you can give our audience to prepare for retirement well i really want people to recognize that your financial planner is not likely to be the person that helps you find purpose in retirement. You know, they're going to help you fund the things you want to do in retirement, but you are now going to be the director of your own life. Nobody's going to tell you when to get up and when to leave the the house you have to be the director of your social connections of your mental health of your uh, emotional health and your spiritual health so um recognizing that there's uh the consequences of not doing that is depression isolation um suicide maybe or alcoholism mm -hmm. so uh, I want people to know if they avoid I mean you know the older generation I I think I used to think of them as a the rocking chair generation and um, us boomers are way beyond that we want to continue being engaged you know we're kind of the activist generation I guess <laughs> so there are people that need what you've learned and you can mentor uh, with them or volunteer to uh, hey how much value is there in just listening and caring for your neighborhood kids um, i think a lot of our um, challenges in our communities is that people haven't had um, caring and listening and loving people in their life and it would solve so many uh, acting out episodes you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's a very good point so my my main thing is nobody talks about the consequences of not taking charge of your life and um you know become aware that that if you don't fill up your calendar with things to do and people to see and a place to matter to make a difference and to fit in then um you know, life may be shorter than, you know, your brother or your husband or whatever. And besides, we all become, that's the other side. We all, all will become single again. Yeah. And um, what kind of choices are you going to have um, when that happens? So don't bury your head, but be uh, acknowledged that you have some, some significant decisions to make. Yeah, these are some really good nuggets of wisdom, Sharon, that you're sharing today with my audience. 
Anything else that I forgot to ask you and you're burning to share with us? <laughs> well, I think I want to um, talk about this one little art block that I made and I showed you before we started. Passion has the ability to light a spark in all of us. And just like your show is pursuing your spark, I think when you, like, like when you go into a restaurant and you see somebody doing a phenomenal job as a waitress, their ability, you know, it looks like their job fits them like a glove. Well, that's what I want to help people find is something that fits them like a glove. Because when you're lit up with passion and spark, mm -hmm. um, you're, you're contagious and other people want to be like you. Isn't that a good thing? <laughs> Absolutely. I can only second that one. <laughs> Very good. Sharon, where can people reach you and find out more about you? Well, my website is just updated as of this last weekend, effortlessvitality.org. And uh, my podcasts uh, are on Spreaker and Spotify. Fresh Courage uh, Transformation Talk Radio is their website that hosts it for me. And um, one of my guests recently was um, a fellow who uses music to heal people. So people in transitions like retirements often need something to um, inspire and calm and give them peace. And um, he's all about that. He uses mu music to as a health advocate um then i'm on facebook um i'm and linkedin as sharon rolf r-o-l-p-h and um yeah i'd love to connect with some people and in fact uh, my phone number if that is the best way for you is 425-877-6655 sharon are you still teaching your workshop I'm, I don't have any scheduled right now, but I do have on my website a, an introduction of, uh, my, of my workshop, and um, I kind of talk about how I put the colors and the wisdom and the sewing and, you know, connecting the dots of what brings me joy, and I hope it could be an inspire to your audience, too. Yeah, so they can find this on your website. Yes. Perfect. Like I said, Sharon, it was such a pleasure talking to you, and you shared such great nuggets of wisdom. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Heike. And uh, I just want to slip in that my nephew lives in Germany still, so I intend to get back over there. <laughs> I know <laughs> Germany is just a great country. I mean, I still love the U.S., but Germany has its own flavor. Yeah, I, I need to check that out some more. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sharon. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Hi, Gav. Bye. Did this episode make you scratch your head and think about what you're actually going to do when you retire, whenever that is? Some people retire early, some people retire late, but what would you do if you weren't working anymore? We want to know from you what your thoughts are. So reach out to Sharon and myself on Instagram or on Facebook. And you know you can reach me at Heike Yates on Instagram and Heike Yates Pursue Your Spark on Facebook. And let us know what your thoughts are on retirement. And with that, my friends, I hope you have an awesome day. Enjoy what it is you're doing today. 
enjoy and feel happy, find some happiness in your day. And please reach out to me on the Pursue Your Spark podcast on Apple and leave a review to help other people find the show. Until next time, ciao.